and I was chasing financial financial reward, but all of a sudden it hit me. There was a a vision placed on me of sitting with my 25-year-old daughter, and she was busy with her own life. At 25 for us, I mean, there was a kid in, in the picture, busy with her own life, her own family. And I wanted to take her and show her the world. And she'd already grown up. She'd graduated from high school, graduated from college. And she didn't have time for dad. Like seven-year-old Blair had time for dad. And all of a sudden it hit me is to say, they're little once. You get you get them one time at seven. And so when they're there present, and, and as Gary Beth said, they're now are 13 and 10, and their eyes are rolling and they're huffing, you still are taking it in and you are walking with them in that. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Brooks McDonald Show. I'm joined by my beautiful wife, Carrie Beth. Hello. And uh, we're wanting to spend some time talking about an image that I saw the other day um, on an Instagram post. And it says, it's got an imagery, which we'll post on here for you, but it says, be happy with what you have while you're working for what you want. And I think we just, it, it got us in a discussion. A lot of times if we feel like we have a something to talk about with, with with each other, that we bring it to you all because it's pertinent to everyone. And I think that's defining in some ways what our social media world's about almost, right? That, But that's the downfall is chasing what you want or where you think you want to be, and all of a sudden you lose your ability to have contentment with where you're at, and it becomes all-consuming. And then it becomes into the whole from a Christian perspective, be having envy and jealousy, and it can just be a dark place. Fair enough? Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I think for starters, thinking about what you want, I bet if you really sat down and thought, well, what do I want? What does that mean? What do I want? Be happy with what I'm doing while I'm working on what I want. It's good to have where you're going, a goal. We always want to be growing, right? So you and I talked about that's something more of what we mean is what do we want to grow to, right? What do we want for our family? What do we want our legacy to be? More along those lines, but also keeping your heart in check on, is it what I want? Because I saw that that person had it Yeah. on social media. You know, what does that look like? Why do we think we need that? If we didn't see that, would that be our dream? Right. Well, and on top of that is also a discussion around, we feel like when we're seeing those people in that, that they're happy and that their life's perfect. And so I want to chase towards that because those people have this perfect life that you see and, you know, share with what one of our friends, what they said, you know, about their family photos and what was going on. Yeah. It's just like, you know, you see the picture perfect family photos and everyone does it, right? Like we all want photos of our family documentation. That's what we do. But I can almost guarantee you beside behind every perfect family posed photo is chaos, okay? Yeah. And I was listening to somebody who was saying that, like, I was losing my mind on my children. Um, my child was kicking me in the face. My husband didn't really want to be there. Like, that's reality. And what you saw on the screen was this picture-perfect, designed, fashioned image. And I think, like, we are raising, well, I say teenagers, one teenager and one that acts like a teenager. But what we even tell teens and kids is, 
It's not real. Yes, that's real. That's really their family. But you're not um, every on social media. Like that's what it, you're putting your best foot forward. Yeah. And so that's what it looks like. And so knowing the reality behind that and not getting so caught up and going like, oh man, I wish my family could be like that. Oh man, I wish I had that house. Or oh man, their kids always seem to be the best at everything. Yeah. Like, what are you really looking at? Yeah. Yeah, my brain just went a thousand different directions in that. I'm trying to to figure out where where I want to go that makes any sense of what I'm what I was thinking because I, I think one is what I was thinking first when you said that is we need to cheer more people on when we see people on social media instead of being jealous and with that jealousy comes gossip or criticism. Again, there's an ego inside of us and you got to recognize the ego that when you want to be like, that dress really doesn't look that good. I can't believe they wore that in public or can you imagine how that looked? Oh my gosh, I cannot believe she had her lips done that big or her boobs done that big or whatever you want to go with to where you're like, Honestly, find that, recognize, recognize that in yourself to say, hey, man, I need to cut that out, cut it off at the knees to say, that's not where it is. I'm here to cheer people on because sometimes for us in like a being around other people that are really further down, like an influencer world, loving on them and seeing that every human is human. They're Herman, man. They're Herman. And so they have these human tendencies and they want to be loved and they want to be connected. And really, are you driving towards positively influencing people that you see on social media? And putting aside, sometimes you do see stuff where you've been around the block a time or two and you see where there's some thirst going on or some need, but you're just loving and you're encouraging them because they're putting something out there wanting to have some affirmation. And maybe you can be the person to affirm them. But more so where I think I, I have as, I've, as we're chewing on this conversation is going back to, if you go to our podcast of the 1690 principle, and you had this conversation with your 90-year-old self, and you talked with them about, hey, where would I have wanted to be? Like, where would I love to be at 90? And, and where would my 90-year-old self like to see me uh, doing more things? So then you need to be tangibly putting with your family what is our beliefs? What is our ethics as a family? And and if you have this dream of where you want to be, and I don't like the word one in that, but maybe where God wants you, where you need to be growing towards, who your best self is, that your 90-year-old self defines as your best self, who the Lord defines you as your best self, you have this set of ethics and values as a family. And does it fit within those ethics or values? And then also, are you planning, just like we say in, in golf, I, you know, I had a mentor say, how do you know if you're getting better if you don't keep score? Um, are you setting a one-year, three-year, five-year, 10-year goal? And as kind of some ministers that kind of talk to me and Carrie Beth in life is holding loosely to some of those plans, knowing you got to hold loosely so God can work because there's so many places where we are today and physically and life and financially and children that we had to be holding on loosely because it doesn't look like what our 16-year-old selves thought that would look like. Thank God in some ways that it doesn't look that way. Um, but you've got this five-year vision. And if you're not plotting a course um, and working with the Lord on that, then you don't have a direction. There's scripture that we've talked about on here before that man sets his path, but God guides his steps. You have to define a path and let God guide you down it. You can't just drift aimlessly 
in this. You have to set somewhere. So sorry, I spent too long talking about that, but this goal pathway. And then when you say, you know, you're enjoying where you're at, but I'm still talking about defining where you want to be and how you get there, where I've seen positive social media is I've made some connections that are now becoming dear friends and all by me reaching out and seeing that they're doing something that is in that five-year plan, it's along that pathway, and I want to glean something from them or learn something from them. And so there's an individual um, that that I've connected with through a group, Brian, that is doing uh, short-term rentals and buying multifamily homes. And I can tell he's just a few steps ahead of me, and he and I'd love to learn more from him. And he's so graciously, you know, given me information. I can learn from him and I can see, hey, he, yes, he's first to admit he didn't do it perfect. I know he didn't. That's what I love about it. He didn't do it perfect. But he's got some information that he could teach me in order for us to get where we want to go. Maybe additionally, it's seeing people that are just filled with joy more and that we see something that, hey, they learn to enjoy each day. So if we draw it back, Kareth, what's where's that hitting you? Just any anything that I'm talking about. I mean, about. I just have so many thoughts for one, yes, the social media whole, right? We all know what it is. We all know it's not real. Like, we've covered that, right? But let's talk about this. Let's talk about your own Holy Spirit revelations to yourself. What is placed on your heart, okay? So maybe sometimes you don't need to look at social media and look at the world to tell you what you want, Maybe you don't need to look at somebody else's life and want that. Maybe you don't need to look at somebody else's dream and think, I want that. Guys, if you are leaning in, the Spirit will give you what is your calling. What is your thing? What do you need to work on? And so, and this is something we're trying to teach our kids about, about how we lean in and how we hear what God has for us. Yes, we need to take action, but somebody else's dream is not your dream. What you feel if you are leaning in and you are in tune and what the Spirit has placed on your heart is for you. That is your mission. And so as we look at this and we go, well, okay, well, what, this is about what you want. But if you're doing that, that this whole that makes this whole topic different about how can you be happy with what you have while you wait on what you want. Well, if I'm if I'm leading that way and I'm just going, okay, well, I want to be here, but right now I trust loosely, holding loosely, like you said, right now I trust that whatever path God has me on is going to be great. And so I can look at my kids at 10 and 13 and go like, this is really hectic, but I love this. And I'm going to take in their faces and their smiles and their eye rolls, you know, um, to be happy in this moment. Because in just a few years, they're going to be older and yeah, we may be in a different place and you may still be growing towards what you want to be, but I don't want to have missed what we had. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, it's great. We're in tune together because where I was headed is I was on the one side of the pendulum and that thing is where do you want? We spent some few minutes talking about that, but going back to where you are and, you know, I think of the phrase be where your feet are is being present. And so maybe my best description would be is 
You need to plan in your day. My last episode, I talked about when you're planning in a business or a couple episodes ago, when you're in business and you're thinking, if you don't have time each day to spend a couple hours with your feet up on the desk planning, then you're doing it wrong. And that catches your eye. But when I say feet up, that means that you're sitting and pondering and thinking about where you want to be. And maybe that is where you take in some social media and, and attaboy people, but also it's in prayer and conversation with God of, hey, let me plan it. But that the planning needs to be planned. And so a lot of people will use the excuse of where you, being where your feet are. Is there someone else in the room with you? And are you physically present and, and mentally present with them? And, and where they're at, it's hard for us, me and Carrie Beth, because I work out of my house and a home office and she does as well. And so we have to be uh, nimble in our social time because thank the Lord, it's a blessing. We get a lot of time together. So she has to give me grace and not her, but also it could get to extremes and it has before in our lives to where we are physically present. And, and there's some of you that you need a word of you're physically present with your spouse, but that's it. The, that's it. That you are, you are, um, you are roommates that are co-parenting together, and that's where it ends. And so we had to be intentional, and and some hard stops in life, some orange and red lights came that caused us to say, "Hey, where's our present?" We'll go into that in another episode of marriage discussion and, and relationships. But are you with the people? Are you at the lunch table with someone? Are you looking at your phone? And are you and are you? Um, watching that, Andrew Farmer, I'll call you back. Isn't he just such a handsome bloke? But Andrew Farmer, I'll call you back, buddy. But are you present or are you on that? And we've talked about how that can be with with life. And um and I wanna and I wanna be present in the lunch that I was just at. And really that's that's where the magic is. I think that's where the spirit calls us because if you are sitting at a place and you are fully engaged with that individual, you're looking them in the eyes, you're you're intently listening, you're asking probing questions about what they're talking about. That is gold because it's gone in this world mostly. No one's present anymore. Walk past tables at a restaurant and see who's looking at their phone. They're on a date looking at the phone. And again, there's some of that where like you may see me and Carrie Beth do that and it may be we need to be a call to it. But some of it's like we're planning our schedules together. You know, we're we're using this device in tandem to work together. But being where your feet are, being present in a room and then plan to plan to where you you have to discipline yourself so much to say, man, this right here can be so dangerous that I have to have intentional times that I'm on it and and looking and thinking about where I'm headed and constructively working towards that time. And so then I'm planning on what's my five-year plan? Am I moving towards it? Where's my financial life? Where's my social life? Because Carrie Beth talked about it earlier. If you've been around as you heard it, but some need to hear it now is for us, it was you know, a seven-year-old and a nine-year-old that we saw, and life was going pat fast, and I was chasing financial financial reward, but all of a sudden it hit me. There was a a vision placed on me of sitting with my twenty-five-year-old daughter, and she was busy with her own life. At twenty-five, for us, I mean, there was a kid in in the picture, busy with her own life, her own family. And I wanted to take her and show her the world. And she'd already grown up. She'd graduated from high school, graduated from college. And she didn't have time for dad. Like seven-year-old Blair had time for dad. And all of a sudden it hit me is to say, they're little once. You get 
You get them one time at seven. And so when they're there present, and, and as Gary Beth said, there are now are 13 and 10, and their eyes are rolling and they're huffing, you still are taking it in and you are walking with them in that. Because another uh, statement I'd heard one time is that when your children are born, you are there to be a memory for them, meaning you are building what their memory is of you. And one day you're going to be gone, and all you are going to be is a memory. So you're building what those memories are to tell their grandkids, to tell their kids, your grandkids, or their grandchildren, what you were like, and building for them what their future is present today. That doesn't happen about thinking about what tomorrow will be. It's today in this moment that we have. So just as you're saying that, I I feel like I have a challenge for all of us, for all people, okay? Where are you at in your life right now that you can serve and you can be used? Because I'm here to tell you that the Lord has put you in whatever situation you are in to be a light, to help somebody else. And that enjoying where you are, so much of that is looking at what you already have, okay? So we've talked about this before, but for us, our calling that we could not ignore was to help serve young families, young marrieds. And that doesn't, yes, it takes time and it takes effort, but I'm just giving you an example of something that we could lean into that was right in front of us, of people at church, that we could help make a difference with, that we could serve, that we could enjoy. And so I challenge you to find what's in front of you. Who needs help? Who can you teach? Who can make a dif- What can you make a difference with? What does that look like for you right now? You don't have to make the next amount that you're looking to make to make a difference in somebody's life, in a child's life, in a friend's life, in a family member's life. And so if back to the 1690 principle that we were talking about, when I challenge you to look at when you're 90, and this is all said and done, what do you want to have done? What are the memories you want to have made? What is the impact you want to have made? Okay. And sometimes it's easier for us to look at that and go, well, okay, well, I've got all this time, but it's going to feel like not that much time. So if you think about where do I want to be when I'm that age, what do I want to have done? Now, what are you doing with the time in your day? Are you looking at social media wishing that your life was like that? That's not moving the needle towards what you said you want to be at 90. So parent yourself. Yeah. Give yourself only a certain amount of time and then go, what am I doing? This isn't moving the needle towards what I said I wanted to work on. And hear us when we say, he just told you for a while we were just chasing financial. I'm not talking about that. Some of it's going to be that. We're always growing. But I'm talking in your relationships, in your ministry. You want to do those things? Oh, I'd love to do a nonprofit. I'd love to do this or that. Move the needle. Don't you're not do it all at once. Don't be overwhelmed. But today, did you spend five minutes doing something towards what you say you want to have done? Yeah, I think, and that's where Satan gets a lot of wins, is because he gets you to where you have an image of wanting to do something that's so far out that's that feels unattainable. So it's like, well, I can't reach that. I can't get there. But then also, you feel like, man, I need to be thinking about that. But you and and there's two sides to this because I'm a big advocate of everyone. 
everyone who's done anything in this world, they put their pants leg on one leg at a time, as one person said. They are human and they are they they have they have all the challenges that you and I have. You're capable of doing amazing things, but also you don't have to do just huge, amazing things to make an impact, I think is what Carrie Beth's saying. And so look in your daily moment, the smile to the cashier, opening the door for somebody, the phone call to someone that needs a phone call. That's the, Again, if you're in tune to the Spirit, if you're a believer walking in faith, those little prides is the Holy Spirit trying to remind you to help someone, to love on somebody. So listen to those small things and you never know where that'll be because sometimes when you get to the to heaven, it may be that phone call that that got somebody out of a funk that's what was impactful. That was the moment. It wasn't you chasing this huge dream, but all of that's where you want to be, so are you working towards it and keeping yourself in check to say all right, this is the third time I've told somebody I'm going to do this, yet I'm in the exact same place that I was before. And so find a mentor, find a motivator, find a coach, find a mastermind group. I saw somebody in our mastermind group that said, why do you invest in high dollar mastermind groups? And we put a major financial investment in a mastermind group this year. Um, and they've those people have already seen uh, triple, quadruple their return on money. For us, we I'm not even really necessarily chasing financial. It's the connections of people be in the rooms where that's happening to, I, I'm a visual learner, so I can see people and learn from where they're at and be challenged to grow there. And we're in those rooms. And so find a mentor. It doesn't have, you don't have to spend a lot of money to do it. Find somebody that you think they're at where you'd like to be and ask them for coffee and ask them and ask them questions. Is that fair? Yeah. I mean, we've done it all along for free for a long time when you couldn't do it. There's always somebody else who's just a little bit ahead of you that you can look towards. And remember, you don't need to be that person. You need to be what you want, but you can get advice from people who have gone before you. Yeah. Yeah. Once you get to know any person, they got... Um, scars and and bruises and or flaws that you don't need to be like. I've found somewhere I follow. I'm like I'd love to glean something from them, but I want to be nothing like them. And so just take that as you go, but have grace as well where they're at, and don't judge people ahead of you or judge people's visions that are bigger than yours, as we've talked about on here. Uh, but just keep one putting one foot in front of the other. I got one more thing to say that just this just hit me is um, we were on a call with that mastermind, with Tim Tebow. And he was using the phrase, which I mean, I'm not saying he coined this, but that I want to go to heaven tired. Yeah. Okay. And so when we're talking about these things and what you can do, what he means by that is I want to serve and be used so much that I wasn't just kicked back doing my own thing like, okay. And so when you're thinking about the time you're using your day and what you're doing, sometimes Thinking outside of what you can do and getting to heaven tired means you were serving and serving. Take care of yourself. But you know what drains you? The social media, doing your own thing. That doesn't feed you like that. Well, I had a moment this weekend when it was like late and I was worn out because we had been doing that stuff the whole time. We had just a full weekend of helping and serving, which is great. And I've literally said, that's what it feels like to go to bed tired because you're doing this. And so seek out those ways that you can do that and stop being in your own world and get outside of yourself and make yourself tired with yeah. doing things that is worthy of your time. 
Well, that's a great way to end it. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you for listening. It means the world to us. If you'd like, share with other people. Tell us what you think. We'd love it. Have a great day. Bye.